Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. In this week's edition, the focus of the America's Cup Challenger Series finally moves from the courtroom to the water. What chance is there of Robbie Deans returning to coach in New Zealand? The playoff fortunes of the Chiefs and the Crusaders are on the line, and there's a major shake-up in store for the New Zealand Golf Open. The latest courtroom spat in the America's Cup has come and gone, with Team New Zealand and Luna Rosa winning a protest over the powers of race director Ian Murray. The international jury has ruled that Murray exceeded his jurisdiction to demand changes to rudder design. The organisers now say racing can continue with voluntary compliance to safety rules. Artemis Racing say they can't race immediately and comply with the regulations, whereas Team New Zealand boss Grant Dalton says they believe the jury's decision doesn't affect the substance of the safety plan submitted to the US Coast Guard. We're really pleased with the decision, but the key is to now what happens next. Uh, And we look forward to working with Ian, but particularly the teams, because uh, all the teams have publicly said that they can comply with the 37 recommendations of the uh, the review committee or the safety review committee within the class rule uh, and and let's hope they now follow through with that certainly ourselves and Lena Rossa can and uh, we all saw and I think um, Grant Simmer said as well Russell Coote's talking about the fact that they could go symmetrical or asymmetric and comply. Uh, for Artemis who was led to believe probably that they could use a symmetrical, absolutely we want them on the course. I mean, it's really important that they get out there, they're making a huge effort to get their boat ready and they've had to go through a lot. So if there's an exception that is necessary for them to get them on the course as soon as they can, then I think all the teams would agree to that. Certainly Emirates Team New Zealand would agree. We'll agree to anything now within the uh, framework of the, this result that's come out to get this regatta back on the track and give the fans what they want to see yachts racing in this amazing place here in San Francisco. The changes in boat design were made in a bid to improve safety after an accident in which Artemis crew member Andrew Simpson died. Morning reports Simon Mersep asked sailing commentator Bob Fisher why the jury has ruled the way it has. It is said that the uh, rule must stand because it's pretty well carved in stone. You can't go and alter the class rules without the unanimity of all of those who take part. And they didn't. And this was what uh, Team New Zealand was protesting about. And it was a very happy Grant Dalton who uh, stood in in front of the press this morning and said that he was um, completely justified in lodging this protest. And I feel that he was right too. You can't go messing around with with rules, just ad-lib, as Ian had tried to. But Ian is a pretty honest and upright guy. He said that he would have liked to have done it, but uh, but is quite happy that it um, has been found against him. But he has some agreement from Emirates Team New Zealand that they will allow uh, Artemis, the Swedish team, to sail their boat with slightly different rules. I was going to ask you, because there was still a, a question mark over Artemis's participation, wasn't there? 
there was indeed. Um, Artemis said they couldn't possibly um, race up to the rule as it stood because they already started building their new boat because they'd lost one uh, in this awful crash that they had uh, uh, in May, which was really which killed the good crewman, uh, the, uh, Bart Simpson. And um, they've been building their second boat ever since, and they were working to the, the rules that Ian had uh, tried to put in place. Now, you mentioned Ian Murray being relatively accepting of the jury decision, but in the past week he's made some quite controversial comments about the whole regatta potentially being called off because uh, the, the Coast Guard wouldn't play ball. What's he said uh, most recently now? Well, I think that um, some of that was posturing. Um, but Ian's a, an upright and decent character. He's been in the game for a long, long time, and he knows a lot about sailing. And um, I would suggest that uh, he will moderate his thoughts, and he has almost agreed that this morning. So we are going um, to have... After- Sorry, so Bob, we are going to have racing, a full complement of racing. Can you see any other hiccups on the horizon? No, I can't. I don't see any because Ian Murray has said we'll make it work one way or another. And that was the last thing I heard him say when I came out of the the press conference that he was giving to talk to you. That's Simon Mercep talking to sailing commentator Bob Fisher. Una Rosa had their first race today on their own. And on Sunday, they'll meet Team New Zealand in the first two-boat race of the Louis Vuitton Challenger Series. The New Zealand Rugby Union's confirmed the All Blacks will play their first official test in Japan. The match will be played ahead of the November Northern Hemisphere Tour at the end of the year, which includes tests against France, England and Ireland. The Chief Executive of the New Zealand Rugby Union, Steve Chu, says the test won't be a big income earner for the union, as the test is an opportunity to give younger players more test experience. What's um, come together now is, is very pleasing. We're, we're obviously keen to have an opportunity for some of the younger leaders of this team to, to build up and prepare for a test match. Being able to do it on the way to Europe means we don't extend the, the All Black season at all and, and we minimise any additional travel. So um, that coupled with, I think, you know, the opportunity to, to be seen back up in the Japanese market and to become more accustomed and for them to become more accustomed to us before 2019 is, is all good stuff. Yet another game, though, and, and there's the, often the, the complaint about the number of matches on the calendar. I guess you might say, ironically, this, this game has really been driven by All Black management. Steve and his group are, are very keen, as I say, for a, a younger group of leaders to have a crack at a test match. And the fact we can do this on the way to Europe, not extend the tour in terms of length, yes, one more game, but within the current window, we think is a good compromise. So we're always trying to find a balance between getting enough jersey opportunities for our players um, versus them playing too often. So does that indicate that there would be a group that would only head up to Japan and not on to Europe? Yeah, we're still working through that, and I suspect the coaches will have a number of different versions of that before they finally settle on exactly how they'll run it. But that's the intent at this stage, is that some of the more experienced players will go straight to Paris and some of our younger All Blacks who have debuted over the last year or two who are who are seen as future leaders will get an opportunity to prepare for and execute a test match. Have you had to give a commitment, though, to the Japanese as to who might be there, the, the likes of Dan Carter or, or, or some bigger names? No, I mean, they're obviously keen for, for us to have an All Black side up there that's got... Um, as big a names as possible, but they understand our rationale and, and it will be a full all-black test cap. Uh, and like all all-black sides that take the field, they'll deliver uh, both on and off as you'd expect them to. 
financially, it's obviously a, a winner for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be be doing it. Is, what is the 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 arrangement there? Yeah, look, we're not. Uh, as you can see, we're playing in a smaller stadium uh, than the Olympic um, place where we played the the Bettersloe. It's not actually a commercially driven exercise. It is very much a rugby decision, but it'll be at least cost neutral, and there may be a small profit which we'll share with the Japanese. So they haven't guaranteed you a, a lump sum. They've guaranteed our costs, and as I say, we'll share in any profit, but we're expecting that to be very modest. And that would be a 50-50 split? Uh, yeah, once their costs have been um, taken out of the equation as well. So it's, as I say, for, for either party, it's not a big commercial driver. It's longer term it might be. I think every time we play in that market, we, we I guess we gather a few more fans and I think it's, you know, as we lead into 2019, the more times we can play in Japan, the better it will be both from a playing point of view and also from a positioning the All Blacks as the second favourite team in Japan point of view. Has there been any more movement, do you think, on this global calendar? I mean, there was the recent statement from the International Rugby Players Association. Do, do you see things having changed at all or moving ever closer? Oh, yeah, look, I think um, there's definitely a, a, a now a, a an open discussion going on amongst uh, a number of parties, of which we are one. Uh, I think there's some real traction in that discussion, but it's a long way to go, and there are a large number of affected parties. So I wouldn't be... Well, I don't think it's actually helpful to be speculating where, where, where this will land, but it's certainly a discussion that's been taken more seriously than it has in the past, so we're hopeful that we'll get some movement, but a, a long way to go yet. On an optimistic scale, what might be the earliest that you think a global season could even be in place? Oh, no, I don't think anything will happen until we all complete our current um, contracts with, with broadcasters and competition sponsors and the like. So we, you know, we're locked and loaded until 2015. The big prize is that we would, we would look to kick this off in the next cycle, if you like, post that World Cup, which also times with our own broadcasting um, sales process. So that would be the earliest that, that could happen. And, and frankly, until then, we pretty much um, you know, have our seasons locked and loaded anyway. So I don't think that's a, a drama. But I, look, I, I think it's incredibly encouraging that these discussions are being held. Got some momentum um, in the right direction. But as I say, a, a lot of people are affected and it's not, it's not a simple issue. It's very complex when you start um, overlaying all the different competitions around the world into trying to sort a calendar out. Robbie Deans? His demise, do you see him coming back to New Zealand? Oh, look, I don't know what Rob's um, plans are. I obviously feel for him. He's an uh, incredibly talented coach, worked very hard uh, on behalf of the Australians, and, and no doubt he'll be feeling um, the pain of what's happened in the last week or two. But uh, like all the guys coaching overseas, we've, we've kept in touch, we've kept the door open, and if, if Rob wants to come back and there's a role for him here, he'll be welcomed. When were the last discussions someone from the NZRU had with him? Be frank, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you exactly. We, we're we're in touch with all of our coaches. Our high performance people um, have regular communication via email and newsletters and the like. So you know, Rob, Rob as an ex All Black, in fact, would be getting a number of communications from us on a reasonably regular basis. So uh, I couldn't tell you specifically when um, the last time anyone spoke to Robbie directly would have been. But as I say, there's plenty of opportunity for him to be kept in touch with what's going on here. Could you see him back in the Super Rugby setup? We've got a number of coaches uh, working offshore. If you look at the, the current list of international coaches, it reads a little bit like an ABC of, of New Zealand uh, coach development, doesn't it? Which is a great tribute to the system we have in place here. And they're all welcome. They're all, we want them all back at some point. And we've seen with, with the likes of Robbie and um, Steve and Wayne and Ted, they're, they're all benefit from the time they spend overseas. Although, like you say, you might want them all back. Simply, there are not enough jobs, though, presumably. 
Yeah, and, I've, and we and we realise that. I mean, you know, you know, clearly in an ideal world, you'd keep all your players and all your coaches. Uh, and we totally understand that our guys are better better for going over and, and coaching overseas, and our job is to keep the door open. Have you been proactive though in looking to bring him back? No, look, as I say, you know, this has all just happened in the last week. We, we've, with Robbie in peace, he's got his own um, decisions to make, and we respect those at some point in time. I, I no doubt someone here will have a conversation with him. I was talking to the chief executive of the New Zealand Rugby Union, Steve Chu. The match against Japan will be played on Sunday, November the 2nd at Japan's National Rugby Stadium in Tokyo. And just remaining on the topic of Robbie Deans, as Steve Chu was talking about there, the former All Blacks coach John Hart says if Robbie Deans wants to keep coaching, he'd be a valuable asset for the game in New Zealand. He'll take time to reflect. He's got that ability to do it. Um, you know, I hope he's not lost to coaching um, because I think he's still a young man and he's got a lot to offer. So, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, he's a person that uh, a lot of uh, people would look at very positively in terms of coaching at international, provincial, club level, Super 15 level. I mean, it really depends what he wants to do, whether coaching is going to play part of his future. Only he can answer that. Yeah, I guess when you go through something like this, is um, you've obviously experienced it, it um, must make you question why you do it a little bit? Well, you reflect and, um, you know, you've got to go on if you're going to continue. It's got to be because the passion's still there. You know, you're just still driven by it. and you know, The coaching is what you want to do. I mean, in my situation, I decided that, you know, I'd really enjoyed my coaching time. I'd been coaching for a long time. I decided that I didn't want to coach anymore. Um, he, you know, he's uh, he has to take that decision, and I'm not sure. Um, I haven't been in touch. I was in touch with him just before the last game, but I haven't been in touch with him recently. So I'm not sure what he would be thinking. And right now, I don't think that'd be on his mind. I think he'll just be um, reflecting on the time he's had and uh, you know getting a bit of a break. So you could definitely see him coming back to New Zealand and coaching a Super Rugby side, and potentially the All Blacks one day. If he wanted to, and um, you know, he, I certainly could see that. We should not lose faith, lose uh, sight of the fact that he has a great record um, in New Zealand as coach of the Crusaders. He, you know, the Crusaders uh, since he's gone have not been the same. He has had an outstanding record, and he could come back very easily and fit in at that level if that's what he chose to do. But as I say, it's uh, and New Zealand rugby should open their arms to him if he if he wants to come back and coach. That's the former All Blacks coach John Hart talking to Alex Coogan-Reeves. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. Subplots abound in the final round of Super Rugby matches this weekend as the top six sides jostle for home field advantage in the playoffs. While the top six have already booked their spots in the playoffs, which begin next week, the first five positions in the standings could all change after this weekend's final round. Only South Africa's Cheetahs, who have a bye and will receive four points to finish sixth on 54, are guaranteed to finish in the position they start this weekend. The defending champions, the Chiefs, can secure a first-round bye in the playoffs if they beat the Blues this weekend. The Chiefs appeared to be running well until they received a hiding from the Crusaders last weekend. Another loss this weekend could lead to the Crusaders taking the New Zealand Conference title. Chiefs have been one of the dominant sides this year, but that loss has raised a couple of concerns. And Barry Guy asked Captain Craig Clark just how they're going to respond to that. They'll certainly learn a few things from it, that's for sure. Um, a few bit of honesty. Um, uh, immediately after the game, uh, over a weekend off, and a fair bit of honesty about where we thought things went wrong. And um, those areas were mainly around 
a lot of things that uh, attitude drives in terms of physicality and um, defence, clean-outs, those sorts of things. So um, we're, we're fairly disappointed in those areas. I suppose you can take it as a good kick up the bum in a way, but uh, I'm assuming winning would have been better. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we would have been nice to have qualified for the semis last weekend uh, on the back of a good performance. Um, and, and they say, you know, you do learn a lot from losses, but it'd be pretty good not to have to do this to have those learnings. It also would have been nice to at least secured somehow, you know, top spot for the playoffs, that sort of thing. Is it, you see that as an issue still? Oh, not not immediately. No, we've we've got to sort of worry about our own our own ship at the moment with um with our own performance and and that that, that included last weekend and, and this uh, important game against the Blues. Um, I guess uh, we, if we make the semis or you know whatever rugby we're playing after this week then that would be a bit more on the horizon and we'd probably think about that a bit more. There's no lack of motivation, I suppose, for this week then? No. No, not at all. We've, we've obviously want to, want to get the, the ball rolling again and, and put out a performance that, um, that we'd be proud of after not doing that. And the, the other motivating factors of the, the, the potential semi-final and the fact that it's a it's a local a local derby with uh, two proud uh, franchises going head to head. You know, can we put that last week as a bit of a hiccup? You've obviously have what's required because you've shown that during the season. So, what do you say this week? Is it just a matter of getting a little bit of the mojo back, or will you you know do you just got to get the passion back? What's the, what what do you need this week? Yeah, a bit of both of those things. Yeah, a bit of the mojo, the passion. Um, Oh, they're being a bit more honest with each other about how hard we're working. We've probably gotten to a bit of um, a bit of cruise control where we were we were doing enough work and we were getting results, but deep down we might not have been working just just hard enough, and it probably culminated in a in a performance where we weren't weren't as aggressive and as te- as intense as we needed to be. So uh, we've we've addressed those issues and and we're trying to put that into training this week. So will your performance this week against the Blues, do you feel that will define you as to whether you're a team that can defend your title? I think if we if we put out a good performance, it'll be business as usual and everyone will be will be thinking that. But if we did if we do falter, there'll be some serious uh, questions asked around if we've uh, lost all our momentum and um and we, and we haven't evolved as a team, you know. So yeah. You're heading off, obviously, and hopefully there's a few games to go yet. But have you thought about that at all? Oh well, it's be hard not to with with having to get it all sorted for the for, for the um, for the trip up north. But in terms of rugby and leaving the Chiefs, it, it hasn't really crossed my mind that we we'll actually won't be here in just over a month because it's because it's there's so much focus on um, on on the week by week challenges and getting trainings right and, and then the performances so pretty focused on what we're trying to do here That's Chiefs Captain Craig Clark talking to Barry Guy A major shake-up of the New Zealand Golf Open has been announced this week with the event to return to Queenstown and undergo a change of format in the new year It's been held in Christchurch for the past two years but will be co-hosted in Queenstown by the Hills and Millbrook in February 
and will incorporate the NZPGA Championships Pro-Am format. The change follows an agreement between New Zealand Golf and the NZPGA to pull resources to host just one major tournament. Alex Coogan-Reeves spoke to the former New Zealand Open champion Greg Turner about the changes and asked him how the new format would appeal to golfers. It's innovative. It's, it's got harder and harder over the last couple of decades to have a tournament of real relevance just under that traditional 72-hour um, stroke play format. And I can't see how we were going to. I can't see how we would change that um, that decline. So, you know, this presents an opportunity to really build this into something that's quite special. Um, you know, I was lucky enough earlier this year when I played, you know, to partner the Prime Minister and, and you know J.K. Shen, the president of Samsung. Now, you know, that adds a a bit more interesting than your average professional golfer, you know. So, so I think yeah, under this format, you get an opportunity to to rub shoulders and and partner, you know, some leaders of their field and and business and 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 you know politics and it just adds another flavour. It's interesting. It's good fun. You can sort of already hear the old boys at the golf club moaning about it. They can't hear the New Zealand Open changing and that sort of thing. Well, look, change is always yeah. There's a there's a there's a certain discomfort in change. You know, um, I'm sure that there were you know when the when the New Zealand Open went from 36 holes to 72 holes, I'm sure there were those that you know, were sceptical. When it went from being a predominantly amateur event to a professional event, there would have been those that were sceptical. Um, yeah, it's a different environment. You know, you, one of the laws of nature is when when things change, if you either adapt or you die. <laughs> so you know, I'm, I think the adapt, you know, adapt, adapting this event is, is the right thing to do, and I think very quickly people will get used to a new norm. Do you think it being pretty much unique to anything else in the world will be something that will attract players from around the world and make it something that they want to add to their calendar sort of every year? Look, the tournament there's no question over the last couple of years that there's been some momentum built, you know, players you know, it's a great place to come and play, um, they really enjoy it now we'll never I don't imagine be able to attract you know, leading players on money alone um, it's just too expensive to do that the way we can attract them is by doing something a bit different in a place that's special, and you know that's that's something we have there. So we need to use that. Um, I think you know we'll bat way above our weight, um, um, you know, with an event like this in Queenstown, and and that's probably the best we can hope for. And I guess golfers talk to golfers, don't they, about where they've played yeah. golf? So word of mouth for, within the golfing fraternity can would really help, right? Look, I think when you look at the field that was there earlier in the year, um, by comparison to tournaments of a similar size, uh, prize money-wise, um, you know, it was a much stronger field, and that was, you know, largely word of mouth from the year before. Um, that momentum will continue. Um, the guys have a really good time. It's a great place to come. You know, we professional golf's not always played in places like Queensland. I can assure you. So, are we likely to get? Do you think all of the top New Zealanders all coming down here on a regular basis now? Um, look. <laughs> I mean, it's always difficult because they're trying to apply their trade on the US tour. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, f- at that time of, or at any time of year, if, if you've just got your card in Europe, uh, or in, in either Europe or the US, but especially the US, you're going to need to be playing there. So uh, we need to respect that. I mean, they'll want to come back, and they'll come back if they can. Um, but if there's a good reason for them not to be there, then it's a good reason, you know. So, But I think we'll get more and more. Um, is that the guys really enjoy it. So if they can be there, they will be. I guess February is not really the ideal time of year for those guys, but I guess it's pretty hard to um, to find a time that's going to suit everyone 
Well, look, you know, at the end, you know, the back part of the year, then you've got tour schools and you've got guys trying to, you know, find their way. So, I mean, there's no such thing as an ideal time of year. Uh, it's the best time of year for the event for lots of reasons. You know, it's our best weather. Uh, I think it's the best time to showcase New Zealand. It's the best time to be able to leverage the other areas that we talked about today. You know, the business on business side of things, the, the, the trade and enterprise side of things, the foreign affairs type of things. So, you know, when you add all that together, I think that sort of yeah, February-March time slot's pretty compelling. And how good will it be for younger professionals or aspiring professionals or maybe the leading amateurs in New Zealand to get the opportunity to play in a field that should be uh, a lot stronger? Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's important. The event has real pizzazz, you know. I don't know if you've been down to the hills and Melbourne. They're pretty special places. So, um, you know, it's something that... that Young players aspire to play it, and um, you know, and I think more and more so as as the tournament grows. And also that pathway with the Japanese tour um, will be a bit of a carrot for some New Zealand players that are trying to make the step up. Well, it, it literally gives you an opportunity to change your career path. Um, you know, and it's a it's a long shot. It's hard to do, but but those things are, are really hard to achieve. And and any time we can get that opportunity to, to, to change someone's career path to positive, then it's a really good thing. And, and who knows who that might affect, um, but it's it's a real positive. And uh, yourself, you're, are you planning to tear it up this year? <laughs> I, well, year? if I'm asked, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, I enjoyed it um, uh, earlier in the year. Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, I, yeah, um, it's fun. It was fun. And if I can still be playing okay um, and they want me to play, then I'll, then I'll, uh, I'll tear it up. Have you got any more plans to play any more Champions Tour events in the near future? Yeah, I'm away next week to um, uh, British Open Seniors at Royal Birkdale, and then there's a tournament in Germany the following week, so I go and play two. Um, so yeah, I sort of uh, I'm only bother the majors these these days. <laughs> <laughs> Big money or not at all? <laughs> yeah, look, if you're going to go for a swim, it may as well be in the deep end. Um, yeah, look, I love Royal Birkdale, so I'm lucky enough to be in, in there, so um, I'll go and do it. But um, I, I'm not sure my training regime in, in the in the snow in Queenstown is the ideal preparation, but but I guess we'll find out. How much have you enjoyed getting back into a bit of competitive golf after quite a long break? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm more than I thought. Um, you know, I was I, when I went to the states, it was a it was a big step, and I thought you know, I could feel pretty uncomfortable here, but I didn't. You know, quite quickly, within two or three days, it felt like it was. Yeah, I felt like I belonged, um, and I've been pleasantly surprised the way my games sort of seemed. I, you know, I haven't felt like I've been outgunned at all. You know, I'm, I'm rusty, but I'm not. Um, you know, but the game's still there. So um, yeah, it's, it's been encouraging. It's, uh, it's it's you know it's, it's fun if you feel like you can compete and you, you know, you're not out of your depth. And I haven't felt out of my depth yet. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I guess a lot of those. Uh Guys are playing every week on that tour, and they're still be in pretty good shape. Yeah, and you know, and a bunch of them. Gee, when they come out, you know, you get guys like Couples and Langer and, and Kenny Perry there. You know, they're challenging in the major championships and the route with the young fellas. So, um, and they don't win every week on the Champions Tour. So, there's a lot of good players, but um, um, yeah, it's uh, there's no easy ride, unfortunately. That's former New Zealand Open champion Greg Turner talking to Alex Coogan Reeves, and that brings us to the end of extra time for another week. Remember, if you wish to contact us, you can email us at sport at radionz.co.nz. I'm Stephen Hewson. Bye for now. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 